0: welcome to the Sacred City Life podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life. And one of the things that we want to do on this podcast is take the Word of God and study the Word of God and help us apply the Word of God to the current issues of our day to help us understand what's going on in our culture, understand what's going on in our world today. And to that end, we, uh, we've we hired Pastor Rob um, Spikstra to be our pastor of discipleship. Pastor Rob has recently taught a, um, a men's Bible study event, and he um, I asked him to teach it on Daniel and uh, living and leading mm-hmm. in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pastor Rob... Right now, we're recording this. Pastor Rob just did that a couple days ago, and it was a awesome time in the Word. It was an awesome time with about eighty different men from Sacred City, and so it was a, it was a great morning to spend in the Word. And what we want to do on this podcast is just kind of uh, break break it down chapter by chapter, talk about a little bit about uh, things that we saw in uh, in these chapters in Daniel, and make some application points, uh, draw some straight lines from what was going on in Daniel to maybe what's going on today.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and so on the podcast today, I've got our Deacon of Sacred City Youth, Alex Tate. How's it going, guys? And it's his birthday today.
1: Yeah. Happy birthday. What's my gift, man. You came late last one. Man, I'll give you You, give you step <laughs> over here. I'll give it to you. I see him right. rubbing off on you. You got your shoes right there. Uh, <laughs>
0: uh, we have my pastoral assistant, Kevin Knorr. Hey, guys. And we have our pastor of discipleship, oh, Rob Spikestrom. Yep. All right. So let's just uh, start in Daniel chapter one. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to recap the whole thing. Yeah. Hopefully you guys listen to the podcast that we've already released from Rob's teaching on Daniel chapter one. It was insightful. It was powerful. Mm. It was really helpful. Yeah. Um, one of the things that stood out right away, Rob, was just the the... the the way that you talked about you, might, I might, I won't, this is off the top of my head, so I might need some help here. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, kind of, uh, you know, the the exile and God's people get pulled off into Babylon, and you talked about there's three ways that the Bible um, sees Babylon, mm-hmm. right? Like the, there's the there's the historical yeah. right that's it was a nation, it was you know a power at the time. Then there's the prophetic mm-hmm. uh, way to see Babylon. And then there's was it allegory or no? It was symbolic.
2: Symbolic, symbolic. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah, symbolic, as in uh, because as in the Book of Revelation yeah. that we see we see this spirit of Babylon yes. still around, yes. right? And um, similar to like the spirit of of the Antichrist, yes. right? Still around this, literally a kingdom that's Antichrist, that's um, highly sexualized. You talked about that is power hungry, that claims authority above Jesus Christ mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of what What was there was there something else I remember you had
2: well wants to going. really grab uh, grab the attention if you will or grab uh Uh, uh, you know, the focus on self, uh, self self-autonomy and the whole idea that we are a law unto ourselves and that it's all about our own personal glory and versus, of course, how God had really set up the world to be made, which is made for him and to be for his glory and for us to be following under his law. So it's really just a rejection, total rejection of God's glory, a total rejection of God's law and, again, becoming a a law to oneself.
0: Yeah, and we don't often think about that when we're when we're reading about the exile or reading about God's people being taken over, that God's people were unique because they had been given the law. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that said, there is something higher that we must adhere to, higher than a king, mm-hmm. higher than the will of the people, higher than any warlord. Like, God has given us a law, and that law was... There was moral aspects to the law. We know that with 10 commandments and plus all the other commandments. There was the religious aspect mm-hmm. of the law. This is how you you worship me. And then there was the civil aspects. Yep. Here's how you treat your neighbor, yep. right? Here's some of the, even things like, hey, you have to put a fence around the top of your roof <laughs> so nobody falls off because right. they used to party on top of the roof, right? <laughs> Same way today, we have to put fences around our pools, yep. our swimming pools, because neighbor kids could fall into them. So God was involved in every aspect of yeah. their life that, that, right. you, that you pointed out and the law spoke to pretty much every aspect of their life and the law was above because it came out of the character of God Right that the law was above the people the law was even above the king Right Yep and then when they get drug off into Babylon that was not the current worldview.
2: No, no, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: the worldview in Babylon was what Nebi says goes. <laughs> right? <That's> Nebuchadnezzar, right. <laughs> right? Like he is the king. Yeah, and he could make laws like this. Whatever he wanted to do, he could do, and the people knew that because the people used that kind of against the Jews, right? Yes, they to, did. Yes, um, to because they didn't like the Jews. They didn't. They didn't like their their, their God and their rules and their culture. And so there was a completely different culture in Babylon. Um, but when Daniel gets drug off in here, he's asked to do several things, Mm -hmm. right? He's asked to do several. He's one of the elites. He's one of the culture makers Mm -hmm. in, um, in God, in God's people. Now, is he coming out of, where's he coming out? Is he coming out of Jerusalem or Judah?
2: No, he's coming out of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Okay. yep, yep. Yep.
0: So he's one of the, he's highly intelligent. Yep. He's been educated in the law of God. He's good looking. Yes, he is. (laughs) They said that, right? (laughs) Yep. Brother had it going on. Yep. Um, Yeah. What what all did it say about him? It yeah, said, he's
2: the cream of the crop. Verse four: youths without blemish of good appearance, skillful in wisdom, oh, endowed yeah. with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent. I mean, this is this is all that he he's bringing to the table before he comes to Babylon. So they picked out the best of the best. You know, for they, sure. You know, he knows what he's doing. Nebuchadnezzar knew what he was doing. He was bringing in you know the best of the best in order to enhance his own his own kingdom, but also to remove any kind of Possibility of revolt back there yeah. in Jerusalem and to de-
0: destabilize yes. Jerusalem, taking right. the elites out of Jerusalem that yep. were literally managing and leading right. the, the country, and then trying to bring them into his own culture to get the best of both worlds. Right? Yes. Okay, oh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to take all their wisdom. We're going to take all. You know, we're going to breed them out. These are good-looking men. We're going to. Yep. We're going to put them into our culture, but we're going to. We need to indoctrinate him, right? We we need to we need to inculturate him mm. to Babylonian. Life, And so he forces them into kind of a, uh, you know, you could call it a propaganda, like, you know, we're going to educate you for like three years, I think it says, we're going to educate you and you're going to have to start eating like us. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to, you know, he's like adds these, basically the culture of Babylon was different. And so we're bringing these people in and we want you to now look like a Babylonian, eat Mm -hmm. like a Babylonian, talk like a Babylonian. Live like a Babylonian, and Daniel, he can't really doesn't have anything to say about it. I mean, he can't really do much about it because he's being he's a prisoner, bringing in here. But it seems like he says, "Okay, to a certain point." Yes. Yeah. So he's already been. He's already got a great education. He's already got a. We would say a biblical worldview, biblical Mm. wisdom, and he's he's a mature. Younger man, more than likely, but he's a mature man. Mm-hmm. And now he's like, okay, I, I, I'll submit to three years of Babylonian education, right? I can keep my biblical worldview while doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, what else does he, does he submit to any other things? That
2: is, literature and language is the, the okay, two yeah. main things that they were pushing on him besides food, as we see it yeah, yeah, up here. Yeah.
0: So he, he submits to that, no big deal, no big deal. But then it comes to food. Yeah. <laughs> you got to change your diet. And and Daniel says nope yeah that I will not do
2: yeah
0: and you pointed out we don't really know for sure the bible doesn't tell us for sure why Daniel refused to um, to eat the king's food right mm-hmm. but we knew as you pointed out it pricked his conscience yep so there's something and we know there's a there is a religious aspect to the food laws in the old Testament mm-hmm. that were about making sure we knew we were or God's people were not like the rest of the nation, that they needed to be purified. They needed uh, to be careful of what they put into their body before they enter the presence of God. It could have been that. Um, but there was something about it that would, he would, he felt would defile him. Yes. Would defile him. Yeah. So he had a clear line in the sand that said, I'll come up to this line, Nebuchadnezzar, but I won't cross this line. Right. And that line wasn't, and this is interesting, it wasn't chapter two or chapter three. It wasn't, okay, I'll do everything except bow down in an idol. Because I think many Christians today, that's their line. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, when, when, the, when the Antichrist shows up, I'm not going to take the mark of the beast. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you know, like, as long as they're not asking me to take a mark of the beast, I'm fine. Right. Or as long as they're not asking me to bow down and, be, and worship, I'm fine. If 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 the government asked me to do anything else, okay, yeah, yeah, no big deal. Mm. But that's not that wasn't Daniel's approach. He had a line that was way I would say significantly farther back, right, yeah. than bowing,
1: right. Yeah.
0: So when they asked for the ultimate thing, he'd like, no, no, I wouldn't change. I'm not. I wouldn't even change my food for you. I'm not going to bow <laughs> down for <laughs> yeah, you. Right. right? <laughs> So yeah. I, found that, I found that interesting.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it, it does a, a account for, it has to be accounted for that he, he had been in God's word. He, he understood who God was. He understood what God was calling to him to be as a man, as a follower of, of Yahweh. And so, you know, for us, when we kind of enter into this story, it seems like, it seems almost random, to us, but it wasn't random to him because yes. there was a conviction of the of the spirit of God in him. Because he had been in God's word, he knew that this was the line to be drawn. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting; even the biblical writer doesn't seem like that we need to know why that is. I think I think it's. It's good for us not to know because then it doesn't tell us, oh, it's about food we need you know, mm-hmm. or about this or that. You know, yeah. it's he, he's he's given it a general enough to challenge us as as people of God to be in his word in such a way that we're sensitive to what we might, as you're pointing out, lesser things in our world. We might say, Oh, that's no big deal. Well, actually maybe it is a big deal. Maybe we need to be we really need to be testing what is our culture calling us to that we might want to be drawing a line on? Because we Because yeah. we're in God's word. So,
0: so at, it, at the very least, this principle shows that the idea of, of limited government, restrictions upon government, goes all the way back to yeah. Daniel. Yes. Where, where there is a the, the king, the kingdom mm-hmm. does not have authority over what I eat.
2: Right. Like that, yeah. that's
0: what Daniel said. Yeah, that's right. So if God, maybe, you know, God, if God says, this is the way that I'm going to eat, that, that I should eat in the old Testament, the, the Nebuchadnezzar, I'm not going to obey you. It's just like we see in the book of Acts that hmm. we're going to disobey God, or I'm sorry, we're not going to disobey God to obey you. We're going to disobey the King's order in order to obey God. Yeah. Right. So in the book of Acts, we see the, the, the authorities say, stop preaching the gospel. And they're like, nope, we're going to disobey you to obey God, Mm -hmm. right? Even though Romans 13 says that we should obey the the governing authorities, Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't really put any stipulations in there, other scriptures do have clear stipulations, right? We don't obey the government in all things. We even see uh, the Apostle Paul... When he gets beat up and falsely imprisoned and, and he appeals to his Roman citizenship, yeah. and he uses, in our words, he uses the constitution against his falsely imprisoned people. Mm. He's appealing to a law that's higher than these thugs that are that are beating him up, mm. right? And so he doesn't just, oh yeah, the government's doing it, no big deal. He says, No, what you guys are doing is wrong. And he appeals to he appeals to Caesar, right? Yeah. The Apostle mm. Paul does. And so we see Daniel doing that same, similar thing way back, appealing to God. Nope, my conscience, use the words of Martin Luther, my conscience is (laughs) held captive to the word of God. The the word of God and my conscience is above Nebuchadnezzar. And so I think it's important for us just to Mm. draw that line where governments, kingdoms, Always try to take the ultimate place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If 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 Jesus Christ isn't king, someone else is going to try to be king. Yeah, right. And here it's it's clearly Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. yeah, and he feels like I mean this is what a king does. Like I'll tell you when I'll tell you when to eat. I'll tell you what you can worship. I'll tell you everything. Mm-hmm. Right, and because. Daniel, is a child of God, that has been the, has been given the law of God, right through um, through the Old Testament. He can say, "Oh no, 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 no! There's somebody that's higher than you, yeah." yeah. And you're not going to tell me how to eat,
2: right? Yeah.
0: Which is, I, I just found that fascinating. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and I think it's pretty convicting when we do then attach chapter two and chapter three to this and it's the point you made earlier and that is that you can't resolve chapters what happens in chapter two, chapter two and three if you haven't already resolved in these lesser issues. So mm. we really we really gotta be it's it's the small things that we seemingly are small things that we really need to be saying. What am I willing to stand up for in terms of what God's word has to say because down the road, if we're weak on these these lesser things, we're not going to be stronger on something that's going to be threatening our very life if we haven't already strengthened our resolve to obey God in these lesser things. It's, just, it's pretty, pretty convicting. Yeah.
0: I feel like there is a, a human tendency, and now, now let me see. There there could be. I'll, I'll say that maybe there's there's two human tendencies. The first human tendency is is to go, "Oh man, what's the big deal, Daniel?" Right. Right. What's the big deal? Yeah. The government's asking you to just, just eat this. You know, maybe it's offered, to, maybe it was food offered to idols, maybe whatever. What's the big deal? It's just meat, Daniel. Just eat the eat the thing, mm-hmm. right? There's that temptation for us. What's the big deal about mandatory vaccines? What's the big deal about the government controlling the education system? What's the big deal about on and on? I mean, all, what's, the what's the big deal? What's the big deal? What's the big deal? But then there's there can be also the the other, the other temptation, which, you know, is, is more of the libertarian, the government doesn't have a right to tell me anything. Mm. I'm a man unto myself. Right. <laughs> you can't tell me anything about myself. Yeah. Now, I think, even in our culture today, you see both of those. But I, I do think that the, the what's the big deal, I think, in is, is my experience, is more predominant in most, most folks. Yes. Yes. Right. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Right. And I didn't hear too much about the libertarians until this past year and a half mm-hmm. <laughs> where, where now all of a sudden it's, you know, you got to put this on your face. You got to stay home and not <laughs> be around people. You've got to virtually educate your children. We've got, you're going to, we're going to, we're going to cram uh, critical race theory down your, your kids' throats without yeah. your involvement. And we're going to make you get a, a vaccine and, and it, like, Whoa. <laughs> and all of a sudden people are like, Whoa, <laughs> right.
2: um,
0: you know, and that this is what many Puritan writers they they referred to government and a godless government as Leviathan. Huh. You know they they referred to it as in the biblical metaphor of yeah. this huge monster yeah. that would that it, with if it's not limited if it's not checked then it just grows and grows and grows and grows and will consume everything. Yeah. It'll consume all of our life, and this is why you know you've got biblical principles of. God is over government. There's different spheres that the, you know, you have individual responsibility primarily, and then you have family responsibility in the family sphere. Mm -hmm. The government shouldn't be inside your home telling you how to parent your children. God gave us um family as the first mode of government. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you've got other circling out from there, civic, you know, different responsibilities. But, if it's unchecked, that power just, you know, the government just, I mean, they want that power.
1: Yeah, yeah, And yeah. They- I think the challenge of peace, too, even just kind of walking through this and this, as you compared it to, like, where we're at today, it's how well do you actually know your Bible? You know, because the, the piece of it is, like, a lot of people remember stories and all these things, but, it like, what does it look like for you to apply it to your everyday life right. and live that out? So then, like, the state, you know, or government – doesn't take over certain pieces like Daniel. He already knew these pieces that he was going to stand on before Absolutely. them even asking.
0: Yeah, yeah, you exactly. He 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 wasn't taken aback by this. Mm-hmm. He knew he had he had resolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he had resolved and said, "I'll go this far and no farther. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to eat the king's food, mm-hmm. right?" And I, I I agree with that. I think. And uh, you guys push back on me. I'm going to say something that I might regret. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. And and that is this. In one sense, this is a shortcoming of being gospel-centered. Okay? Because when we're gospel-centered, we're trying to make the main thing the main thing all the time. Okay? and the main thing is creation, fall, mm-hmm. redemption, restoration that's yeah. the main thing yeah. we want people to, to, to understand that from a 30,000 foot view and trust in Jesus Christ and then we hope <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna go and they're gonna study their Bible and they're gonna buy some commentaries and they're gonna read some books and they're gonna they're gonna be constantly learning because they're learners and constantly growing in their understanding and that means they're pu- their politics are going to be constantly changing and their worldview is going to be constantly being reformed, all, you know, reformed mm. according to the word of God and always reforming according to the word of God. And, But in order to be gospel-centered, you, you have to stay, in a sense, at that 30,000-foot view uh, more often than you would like because mm. you want to be able to preach the gospel to a brand-new person that walks in that doesn't understand, you know, anything from Adam, mm. Right. So you, it's so hard to get down into like what we got to do yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Three hours and how long have you been working on that?
2: Oh boy, I don't know, weeks. Well, yeah, weeks. weeks.
0: So <laughs> several weeks working on this, working on this talk. This this you know three yeah. hours in, you know basically an hour in each chapter. Just yeah. so good. Mm. Um, and so so, my mind is like okay. I want more of this.
2: Yeah.
0: you know what does that look like? Does that look like what we used to do in the day, back in the day, Sunday school? you know they, they used to do Sunday school. you'd come in. And this is the kind of stuff you'd learn in Sunday school. Um, what we've tried to do is is have curriculum and missional community, but again, that's still kind of has to be you know high level because you've got new people showing up and we've tried to offer books and we've tried to do these podcasts but for me and 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 this is one of the reasons we 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 hired Rob is we wanted this we wanted t- more biblical teaching right to help people get in their Bible and go deeper mm. and ask questions that they've probably never asked like what does the Bible say
1: yeah.
0: about the what the government can ask me to do when should I say no
1: mm.
0: right when should I say no um and we've we've said we've we put out different things we we do not think it's Ethical, we don't think it's biblical for the government to mandate people to take yeah. vaccines. You know, like that that in this situation, in our situation right now with with the, the COVID vaccine. Um,
1: I think it's good that you're just. I mean, you guys are recognizing that as eldership um, because the way our church is set up, we have mission communities with multiple leaders. And like in the last two years, a lot of mission community leaders have been approach with like how to live these things out and i mean everyone's not a rob that can, that can really break down these scriptures like this to really like be able to shepherd the people within those mission communities to be able to you know let them know what the truth is really saying on a deeper level pause
0: everyone is not a rob right. that is true but right. everyone can study
1: yeah,
2: yeah. the
0: word of god and listen all it takes Listen, I'm about to pull the curtain back on us, Rob.
2: Yep, okay. Do it.
0: Here, here it is. Here it is. It. I know sometimes we sound kind of smart. All we've done is pulled out the Bible, mm-hmm. prayerfully went over it, asked some big questions, and then bought
2: commentaries. Yeah. <laughs> some good friends some of good, ours. Wise friends <laughs> who,
0: who are scholars that are even that are that are standing on the shoulders of scholars that went before them. Yeah. And we read through the commentaries, and and then we have our eyes open on the word of God. We read our commentaries, and we have our eyes open in the culture and see, oh, yeah. that's, that's a clear connection.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So mm-hmm. I, I think people are more afraid. They're, more, they're afraid to do it, and so they, they don't do it. But if you reach out to us, we'll tell you, hey, don't just go on Amazon and buy a commentary because there, <laughs> there, there are good scholars and bad scholars. <laughs> there are conservative scholars and liberal scholars. So you, you ask us. We can give you a good commentary. And you can, you can study a book like Daniel, mm-hmm. you know, yourself or Isaiah or, or whatever, whatever yeah. it is. Um, you, you, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to be incredibly fruitful and it's going to give you a lot more confidence and it's, you're going to see the beauty and the depth behind the Word of God. Um, I mean, it's one of the greatest benefits and blessings of being a pastor. Yes. Mm-hmm. As agreed. we get wowed, we get wowed by the Word of God. Yeah, agreed. Almost on a weekly basis. Yeah,
2: yeah. And the word of God is for the people of God. I mean, it's it, that's who it's for. So, it is. It's it's taking the time, and going into the text, asking the text all kinds of questions because it raises all kinds of questions. I mean, yeah. you, you read through Daniel one, you just put down, you just put to the side of it all the different questions that you might have of the of why why'd they do that? What's you know the the obvious one was why did he stop on the food piece? You know that was an obvious question, but there's a lot of different questions that you can ask of. You know of the text itself, and then you just go to your friends, your commentaries, and you—they start helping you answer those questions, or or you can go even other parts of Scripture. I mean, you know, even that is just going to Scripture will, will interpret Scripture. So it's uh, it does take it does take time though.
0: Yeah, it takes time and, and quiet. you gotta
2: have to kind of yeah, quiet and mm-hmm. time. You gotta cut that. You know, you gotta cut that into your day. But uh, anybody can do it.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, here's another thing I thought that was interesting from chapter one, and it says uh, so they. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, they they don't eat the king's food. They're doing well, right? They're they're everything's and this is what it says about them. Mm. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better <laughs> than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. So now I'm about to say okay, so here this these guys were smarter, better read, had more understanding, more wisdom than any of his elites in his society. Why? Because God is the creator of all things. And if you don't have God and God's word, you're just making stuff up. Yeah. Right? And so these guys knew what wisdom looked like. They had the Proverbs, right? They, They had... Did they have the proverbs at that time? I can't remember if they've had. If they, I don't know the.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. see those all pulled together yet. But yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. they had but, to have it. The, but they had the, the, traditions, coming yes, the, tradition,
0: sure. the sure. traditions coming down. Yes, the tradition, the oral traditions coming up. Yeah. So they had this biblical wisdom. They knew where we came from. They knew the story of Genesis. They knew the the, the 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 Exodus. They knew who God was. That He was more powerful than all the nations. And they had built lives on that wisdom, that the world looked in on and said these guys are 10 times better than anybody we have in our kingdom. Now, I don't think most of the evangelical church even thinks that education is that important, that quality of work or thought or rhetoric speaking is that important do we believe that God wants us to be, let's just say it, 10 times better? (laughs) And and some of that's, I know we're limited by, you know, all kinds of different things, but I I found that fascinating.
2: Well, sadly, I think part of that is the cultural pressure that we talked about when we talked about that, uh, the screw tape letters, when you had that preface there, where there is this cultural uh, pressure on on people to not rise above because Mm -hmm. then you're the, you're the elitist. You're the, you know, you get put down, Mm -hmm. you know, our students, even today, they feel put down if they, you know, if they, if they start doing well in school, all the kids are kind of, you know, pressuring them, you know, and kind of making fun of them. Yeah, yeah, all that. And that's sad because this is the very thing that God is calling us to, is the calling us to be the best we possibly can in understanding the world that he's given to us and then to make a difference, to to press into the darkness that's around us with the truth, with the, yeah. with the wisdom that God has given to us through his words. So. Man, I,
0: that, I love that because I think our, our education should be better. Our music should be better. The movies we make should be better. They, they shouldn't be... You know, more better, more moral and ethical and wholesome, yet lower quality.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: right. Right. One of the first things you see the Spirit of God do and gift people to do in the Old Testament is gift the artisans.
2: Yeah, fascinating, it. Huh? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, and so quality matters. Mm-hmm. Hard work matters. Doing a good job matters. If you are a Christian craftsman, you should. You should be crushing it, like yeah. not just making money for your family and for yourself, but doing doing a great job. Yeah, right. I, I just found that
2: interesting. Yeah, that is interesting.
0: So Daniel one uh, laying the foundation for some great stuff here. I, I thought I thought you did a great job, Rob. I ate it up. Hopefully, you guys did too. If you've got any questions, uh, email um, us. You can email me at justin dean com or Rob at yeah. sacredcitychurch mm-hmm. about uh, his talk. On Daniel, and uh, we'll be following up and talking about the next few chapters in the future. God bless you. We love you. Talk to you soon.